Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome back. Uh, We often talk about pastoral burnout here on Focus Today. We've had a lot of people on talking about it. I'm so honored today to finally get on the, the program with us. Pastor Joel Rissinger, he's a corporate chaplain and coach with Standing Stone Ministry. Uh, he served vocationally uh, for over 30 years in ministry and the author of a fascinating book called Things Your Pastor Would Love to Say But Can't. Hmm. By the way, the uh, website is standingstoneministries.org, standingstoneministries.org. Pastor Joel, good to see you. Thanks for your time. Hey, thank you, Perry. It's great to be with you. It's a real honor. Well, uh, great topic, huge topic. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, tell, yeah. us, tell us about Standing Stone first. What is it you folks do? So we're in a nutshell, we're a ministry that uh, provides shepherds for shepherds. We encourage cheerlead, tell corny jokes to um, just generally come alongside and help pastors, ministry leaders, and their families. And uh, whatever it, whatever that entails, sometimes it means just a, a phone call, an encouraging word. Sometimes it means a coaching session with a couple. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're actually there maybe filling in for them or helping them in their day-to-day ministry whatever it takes to kind of try to keep more of them in the game and more of them, you know, serving the Lord and not giving up. Sadly, Perry, we've had a lot of pastors quitting or retiring early post COVID in particular. And, uh, our ministry is at least in part designed to try to help, you know, stem that tide a little bit. Wonderful. 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 <clears throat> well, um, we've addressed it here in Southern Oregon. I'll tell you about that a little bit later, but I've had, um, a lot of people on most recently, uh, Dr. Barna talk about pastoral burnout, and uh, this is an amazing thing. It's real. We're it past where pastors are asked to be transparent. They really can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's the issue. You got it, man. And they are in a corner, and they smile at everything and die inside. What's the problem, Coach? Well, you know, in the book, I talk about the challenge of transparency, and and it's a. It's a double-edged sword, right? On the one hand, uh, as you've said, if pastors are too transparent, they can get fired. They can, uh, you know, be be really, uh, their lives can be made miserable and their family lives too. Uh, on the other hand, when they're not transparent and they put on this facade or, you know, I call it the holy voice, you know, if you could just be like me, why, I will show you the things of God, you know, and, People know that's not real, but they, you know, this, this persona is kind of expected. Um, when a pastor does break through that with a certain degree of transparency, there's a bond often that occurs with the congregation. I experienced that firsthand, and I talk about that in the book years ago, when God just leaned on me <laughs> to share a, the story of a bout of depression I'd had, and I was even on medication for a while. Uh, after one particularly hard pastorate, and later, years later, God was just really nudging me to share that with my congregation, and I didn't want to. I said, Lord, if I do this, I'm going to be standing on the highway with a sign, we'll preach for food. You know, I'm going to be unemployed. My kids will be hungry. You can't do this. And long story short, I gave up the fight. You know, I've learned you just don't win when you try to argue with God. 
you know, ask Jonah about that one. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I went ahead and gave the sermon, shared the story and I have never, I mean, Perry in all my years of ministry, I don't know if I've ever had, um, a more significant response to an invitation, uh, than I did that day, the entire altar full of people on the floor, the stage, all three rows, uh, people weeping, crying, praying over each other. And I just stood there. I couldn't even get away from the pulpit. There were bodies all around. And I just looked up and said, Jesus, I'm sorry. Um, I, I'll never, I'll never hide things again. I want to be transparent, but I know that also when you do that, you run a risk and a lot of pastors have been burned or their families have. So they're, they're afraid to do that. And I get it, but we, we try to encourage them and then come alongside them when they are transparent to, to really fight the battle and keep them in the game. Uh, just by the way, a little bit of a sidebar, we have a common friend, Bob Shank. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. He's, he's been out here a lot. We, we love him a lot. Um, so, let, let, and he's fighting his own battle, as you well know. <clears throat> yeah. Sure. Uh, let me ask you this. Did, did COVID heighten this problem? Yes, it did. And it's funny. I, um, this is so sad, but I've had a couple of pastors who have been in essence driven out of ministry because their attendance went down post COVID and the church blamed them. In one case, I offered to gather signatures from about 20 other pastors to, to say to the board at this church, listen, we're all experiencing the same thing. This is not your pastor's fault. This is not because of his leadership or lack thereof. Um, but because of that kind of pressure, and it's not always just a church. Oh, <coughs> here you are. I'm back. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not always that kind of pressure or, you know, church leaning on the pastor that way. Sometimes it's just the, the pastor getting discouraged because he says, Hey, I, he feels like it's his fault. He thinks that he can't recover post COVID or he never will, or he just doesn't have the charisma. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot more pastors, higher, higher percentage. I talked to one ministry um, leader, a, a district superintendent for one of the denominations here in new England. When I started doing standing stone ministry a couple of years ago, and I said, listen, I'd love to help you. Here's what we do. He said, Joel, can you take names right now? He said, I've got so many guys post COVID that want to quit or retire early. I cannot literally cannot keep up with the phone calls. Um, and so he gave me a list that day <laughs> of people to get, get in touch with. So it's, it is definitely uh, worse post COVID. And my prayer is that we'll see that level off. What a lot of churches are experiencing is um, thankfully an increase of attendance again, post COVID to get back to pre COVID levels of attendance. And that tends to keep pastors encouraged like, okay, okay, we're going to, we're going to make it. And then though, the next thing that has to happen is income has to follow yeah. because a lot of the folks that have come into churches post COVID are new young, younger folks, and they don't tithe. So the, the budget may not be back, even though the attendance is back. If we could just keep them in the game and encourage and cheerlead and pray for them, then I believe eventually things will kind of return to the post-COVID norm, whatever that, whatever normal is, Perry, right? I guess yeah. at, at least it's post-COVID norm. Yeah. It's been said, uh, Pastor Joel, that um, sermons are great, books are great, seminars are great, counseling great, all has its place and God uses it. But at the end of the day, only two things change you, and that's inspiration or desperation. Wow. Amen. 
Were you desperate? So true. Were you desperate? Yeah. Uh, there have been several times in ministry where I've just wept and begged God, you know, to intervene. Um, and I think I feel that way about some of the pastors and churches we deal with now and work with them. You know, I want to see revival. Um, but that starts with us, doesn't it? It starts yeah. with the church. And we need to get back to praying. I just returned from uh, a month and a half. My wife and I were in Africa, uh, Zambia and Namibia specifically. Um, and I, I'll tell you, the, the passion in worship, um, tears and people just leaping in, and celebrating or on their face, on their knees in worship, is something we need to get back to here in America. Uh, when, when we've really become desperate, and we lay that out before God, uh, history tells us that's when revival comes. So do you think there's a revival maybe uh, within the ministry? Let, let me, and let me qualify that a little bit. Um, COVID shifted the message from preaching the gospel to taking sides. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. You know, whether it was mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. blue, red, and all that nonsense. But now there seems to be a desperation to get back to this simple gospel message. Maybe the revival would first start in the pulpit before it starts anywhere else. Oh, man, you're preaching. You're preaching. And I'm 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 shouting amen, Perry. Yes. I just wrote a follow up to the first book. In fact, it's being released in the next week or so. It's called Things Your Church Would Tell You If They Could. Kind of response to the first book, Things Your Pastor Would Love to Say But Can't. These, this is things your church would tell you if they could. And in that book, I talk about in, input feedback I got from people who read the first book or heard about it and said, hey, I, you know, wait a minute. I, I want to say some things to my pastor. Or I have some things I think that pastors need to know. And so um, we took that plus just, I guess, uh, anecdotal evidence we had from our travels and uh, wrote a response. And one of the things we say in the response is just that, that pastors need to get back to preaching the gospel, not, you know, wokeness. We don't need to be preaching, you know, uh, social justice and all these other things. We need to get back to the gospel and preaching the whole counsel of Scripture. I mean, I have people on Facebook, you know, begging me to write about or talk to pastors about helping them deal with what's happening in culture, showing them how to respond to their friends or people in school or teachers regarding transgenderism, regarding whatever, whatever the issues might be, instead of talking about that or or avoiding that or just talking about sort of high-level things. Let's preach the gospel and let's preach the entire council of Scripture to combat what we see happening in, in the world around us. And I think people are hungry for that, Barry. Amen. I think that's the time is now. Yeah. Well, Pastor Joel, I only have a short time with you today. I apologize for that. I am going to get you back. I want to say our viewers and listeners, standingstoneministries.org is the website. Check out Pastor Joel's book, Things Your Pastor Would Love to Say But Can't. There's a picture of the cover on the book. And Pastor Joel, let me just give you something to think about. Yeah. Write down pastorspluralmonday.com. PastorsMonday.com. And my, my, my trusty assistant is, is writing that as we speak. <laughs> okay. And the reason being is uh, that ministry has touched a nerve. We're part of it. We're taking pastors fishing every Monday. Ooh, I love it. And we have saved pastors from leaving the ministry. This is some, I love it. 
How do I sign up, Barry? That's your ministry and this ministry need to get together. So go to pastorsmonday.com, check it out, and we'll pick it up from there. Sounds good. We'll do. We'll get you back. God bless you, friend. Thanks for your work. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.